Can you believe it? We are at the tail end of the first quarter of 2021. And I have a question for you. Have you been making the career progress that you had hoped to when you set out on this new year back in December 2020? If not, we've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the career goals and milestones you need to be setting for yourself so that you can start launching and up-leveling your career in global education. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Inside Study Abroad podcast, episode number 38. This is where we help you launch and level up your career in global education and meaningful travel. I'm your host, Brooke Roberts. Welcome back to the show. As I said in the intro, today we're talking about career goals and why you need to be setting some, what are the recommended goals we have for you as you're embarking on the rest of 2021. And we also give you some strategies and tactics on how to make those goals an actual reality in your life. Now, before we get started into this episode, I want to let you know that we have a resource for you. It's called the Global Pro Career Roadmap. Now, this roadmap is going to help you identify the key areas that you need to be focused on if you want a job in international education and meaningful travel. It's going to break it all down to the different strategies and areas you need to be focusing on as you embark on this journey and we don't want to leave you sort of high and dry we want you to know like here's here are the things you need to be working on here are some resources you need to consult to make all of those things happen so make sure you go to insidestudyabroad.com slash roadmap to get your hands on that now Sam Cooper and I recorded this episode live back in January, but I wanted to make sure that it was available to you here on YouTube or our podcast. And so if you're listening or watching now, this is a replay of an event we hosted back in January. It's still very relevant. And I think for a lot of us, we're like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Where did Q1 go? Where did quarter one go? How are we almost to April? April. It's crazy. So yeah, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Leave us a review or a comment down below and let us know what your biggest takeaways were. All right. See you on the other side. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Inside Study Abroad podcast and our latest installment of Inside Chat. Today, we're talking about five career goals you need in order to launch or level up your career in 2021 in international ed. I'm here with my esteemed colleague, Sam Cooper. What's up, girl? Hello, everyone. Happy yeah. 2021. Yeah, so it's been uh, glad it's a new year. Also, uh, it's still a little bit of a rough year. We're not going to get into all that. But if you know, you know, I think the whole world knows. Um, but yeah, we wanted to talk about something hopefully to take people's mind off of current events, maybe, um, and think about things you can control, like your own actions and behavior. And if you have uh, big aspirations and dreams about what you want your career to look like, especially in international education, um, then hopefully today's conversation is going to be helpful to you and give you some ideas on how you can sort of launch into 2021 with a, a clear set of actions that you should or could be taking to help you um, actually move the needle in your career. Because it's not always just about apply for more jobs, right? There's other elements of building a career that have nothing to do with 
the job you have or the job you're trying to get. To get things started, before we sort of launch into um, our five recommendations for the types of goals or the um, goal examples that you all should be creating or using for yourself this year, I wanted to talk about sort of types of goals that you can think about because it's not always just about like, I want to make a million dollars or I want to get a new job, right? Those are those are great goals if that's that's your goal, but um, you can set different types of goals that are just as powerful, just as meaningful, and probably just as impactful um, for for your career. So uh, there are numerical goals, system goals, and progress goals. So numerical goals, I think 80% of the time, those are really helpful um, just to sort of say, hey, I'm going to hit a number, and you know very clearly, like, did it happen or did it not? Um and I think up like 80% of the time, that's a really helpful goal. Um, systems goals, or I would also call them like habit goals or action goals, is a great type of goal to use if you're not even sure like what the goal should be. Um, so for instance, if you're like, well, um, I want to, um, you know, get get a raise, but you're like, well, I'm not sure what that raise should be or, or something like that. Then you could set more of a systems goal where you're like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm doing X number of, or not number, but like, I want to be doing, um, uh, you know, status reports every week for my boss so that they're very aware of like the progress I'm making and the impact I'm making on the company or our division or whatever. So that'd be more of like a habit goal. And then by the mm. end, you know, by a certain period of time, you could then say, Hey, um, look at all these great things I've did. I deserve a raise. Um, so if you're not really sure what that goal should be, I think habit goals, action goals are great. It's also too, with like ongoing things where you're like, okay, we need to be, um, pretty, I'm giving lots of examples already, but we need to be um, reaching out to students and sharing information to them, getting into a habit of like posting a blog or uh, sending out a newsletter every single week or every month or something like that. Um, and then there's progress goals. You're like, again, I'm not really sure, but I just know I want, I want the graph to go up and to the right or whatever that is, or, or down if it's more of like, you're trying to get more efficient or something like that. So um, progress goals, system goals, numerical goals. I think those are all, um, really great types of goals you can set. Don't always, you don't always have to be married to a number based goal. Any other ideas on that, Sam? Um, no, I think also if it's not helpful when you're goal setting to, um, if, if to put them in certain buckets, sometimes it's helpful just to think about, um, do just a major brainstorm, um, about what are all the things that you're thinking about? Um, mm -hmm. and, and we'll probably get into this, but um, it's always good, I think, to have a brainstorm with somebody else um, that can ask questions and help you kind of figure out the types of goals that are most that are most important to you and and making them work for you in the best way. Um, so mm -hmm. if um, so, for example, you know, Brooke going through the different types of goals, if that doesn't work for you yet, don't worry, we'll give you examples. But it could be that you just have to start with um, things that are bothering you or things that you wish were different or things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I agree. And that gets down to like making sure that you're setting the right goals for yourself um, right. and, you know, putting them through kind of a filter. I mean, I'm sure we've all heard of smart goals um, before, but, you know, I've drilled it down to like making sure the goal is clear to you, that it's challenging, it's actual push goal. So if you've already been like, um, you know, I want uh, to do I don't know, monthly informational interviews with people. And you already have been doing that 
for your whole career. <laughs> That's not a very challenging goal for you. So what would be like sort of a push just beyond that to make it actually challenging for yourself? Obviously it needs to be attainable. So you don't want to push so far um, ahead where you're like, well, I'm never going to reach that goal because it's just too far ahead of where you currently are. And then also making it desirable or inspiring. Like if you set a goal for yourself and you're just like, oh, it's a slog and you don't want to do it, then I would say, honey, you need to uh, X out that goal and start yeah. over because no, we're not here to be miserable. Just trying to like crank out our careers. Like we want to make it fun and enjoyable and, and something we really like. So, um, I think that goes back to like that brainstorming session. These are kind of filters. You can put those, those ideas through, um, to make sure that, you know, you're trying to work towards something that you actually want instead of getting on that treadmill working towards something that you're like, I actually don't even want that. Why am I doing this? Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. we are going to jump into our five recommended uh, career goals you should be setting for yourself in 2021. Um, I'm going to let Sam kick it off. Number one is finding a mentor or a coach. Yeah, I think this is something that people don't talk about enough um, in their careers, or maybe people don't give enough importance to it, but I think this is one of the most important things that anyone can do really in any field. Um, but yeah. especially in international education is having your support system, um, and finding a mentor. Now it seems overwhelming. I think it can seem overwhelming because it's like dating, right? It's like, well, how do I find, how do I find this mentor? You know, what if we're not a good fit? Maybe um, we I, need to create um, a bumble for international ed oh my gosh, for yes, mentorships or yeah. something. Swipe left, swipe right, all the yes. things, but it's yes, for mentorship yes. people. Get your minds out of the gutter. Um, yes, please. Someone make that happen. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, so it can be overwhelming, but like Brooke was saying with any goals, you can break these things down and and do it in a way that keeps you inspired. And sometimes that starts with informational interviews, right? So if you've been doing the informational interviews and, um, and, and maybe you're not doing them in a meaningful way, or maybe you're doing so many that they've not become meaningful, then maybe it's time to start, stop and, and start really just finding someone that you connect with. So mentorship and coaching, um, I think you should have that connection. Uh, it's like dating, it's like finding a therapist. It doesn't always work the first time. You can't just go up to someone and be like, will you be my mentor? Now, mm -hmm. having said that, there are mentorship programs. Um, there's lots of mentorship programs out there in our field and in general. Um, but one of my biggest pieces of advice in finding a mentor or coach is it doesn't have to be necessarily someone that has so many years more experience than you. It can be a peer. People come with different types of experience and knowledge and strengths and weaknesses. And you could equally be a mentor to somebody else because you have knowledge or something in, in a different area. Um, and so think about it in that way. Mm -hmm. Did I miss anything? I love that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I, I think coming back to like, I, I love that you brought up the peer thing because I was thinking that as you're talking and I was like, get out of my head. Of course, she said it too. Um, but <laughs> I, I think, you know, you and I, I think are a great exactly. example of that, frankly. I mean, you could say like, oh, they're already in their careers and I think, which is true. But at the same time, like, Every time I talk to Sam or interact with her, I learn something and I'm like, oh yeah, you're brilliant, you know? And I 
think it's mutual. It goes back I and feel forth. And- the exact same. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, and I think that, you know, there's always something to learn for, from somebody else at every stage of, of the process. And I think too, um, when we talk about like the peer to peer level, I think is great, but also like, I think sometimes think people think it has to be like, I don't have a job. I've never worked in the field. Like you're at this level and right. I need a CEO yeah. of something to be my mentor. Also, always look at the people who are just maybe ahead, a step ahead of you. So if your aspiration is to be an international student advisor, maybe there's an international, you know, just a, a, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way by any means, but somebody who's like also kind of more early stages in their career, um, isn't the director, isn't the associate director of something, isn't the provost of something. They're, they're like, I just, I'm an international student advisor and they're doing something or in a role that you're like, I want to learn more. They obviously have experience, you know, they're, they're well-versed in more well-versed in the field maybe than you are at this point. So always also look to the people who are just just maybe a couple steps ahead of you or one step ahead of you too, as possible, possible mentors. And coming back to what you said too, about there being existing mentorship programs. Um, I, I know that around NAFSA time every year, there used to be like, you could sign up for a, um, a mentor and you could talk to have somebody be your mentor at the national NAFSA event. Yeah. Um, and I know I've been a mentor for those in the past and it's sort of more of a, a, a short term kind of mentor. Um, but the, I mean, obviously that's different now. It, it, I'm not really sure what they're doing with it. I'm sure they're, they're doing something. So I would look for at NASA if they have something organized, obviously all of our big national organizations, see if they have any kind of mentorship thing going on. I know the global leadership league, they do something called uh, mentorship circles as well that are sort of small group setting mentorship. Um, so there's a lot of options. And then of course I have to, you know, plug the global pro Institute, yeah. which is, Absolutely. A mentorship and and coaching program um, where you get mentorship and coaching from Sam and I, but also, you know, hundreds of GPI alumni um, and other current students going through the program because they all come in with various, you know, experience. Like I just think of like our last round, it was like we had, you know, people who are faculty abroad on, you know, um, study abroad programs and people who are you know, in international student services or people who were just starting out in their career, or people who have a lot of background in marketing, but nothing in curriculum and people with curriculum and nothing in um, health and safety, you know, so there's a lot of um, synergies, as we'd say, yeah. in the business world uh, between people. So obviously, the, the Global Pro Institute is, is also, um, I think, a wonderful mentorship and coaching program as well. Um, any other I things agree. you would say about coaching mentorship? Um... No, I think it's one of those things that you do have to, it's not going to happen. You have to make it happen. Um, I still have my mentor, Ann Haberkern. Shout out to Ann Haberkern, who's at um, Portland Community College. She's been a mentor of mine for years. We are friends as well, but she's also my mentor. I still go to her to get gut checks, check in, Mm -hmm. make sure I'm not crazy, feedback, et cetera. But then you can also have people that fill different needs in different areas, you know, Angela Mangelli is my go-to resume person. She just has been for years. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brooke. Sorry, Brooke. <laughs> I know. Shocking that you're not my resume person. <laughs> um, oh, really? Oh, I'm not. I don't think make me your resume person. You know, I'm all about branding. Like the resume. Exactly. Like, it's, well, exactly. I, I'm not yeah. so, yeah. so, I mean, you, it, you, it doesn't, you can make it your own relationship, I guess, is, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. But it is, yeah. I think, an important thing to have. Um, and it's a great goal to set because you can be intentional about making it happen for yourself. 
I, the only last thing I'll say about the mentorship coaching thing is especially for those of you who might already be employed or you're, you're rolling and grooving in your career already. I think a goal around this for you would maybe to become a mentor or coach to someone else. Um, that's also a way for you to help level up your own career by, you know, the, the student kind of thing. So, um, I think it's one, you know, a nice way to give back to, to somebody, um, and, you know, help them, you know, maybe not make any of the mistakes that you, you made in your coming up experience in the field. Um, but also knowing too, that like it's needed in our space. We need people out there being like, let me help you take my arm, um, through the spot. And I think that'll also help you, um, kind of keep one foot on the ground in terms of understanding the lay of the, the, the career landscape in the field. If you're already were established and you're, you know, you just feel like, Oh, my job's safe. Although we shall probably not be thinking that, uh, these days. Um, but you know, you can use this time to sort of help and, and mentor other people. And then also making sure you're staying current and aware of like, what are the big challenges when it comes to finding or, um, growing, finding a job or growing your career in our, in our field. So, and if those of you who are watching, if you have thoughts, please share in the chat. And of course, if you have questions or anything, we'll, we'll answer any questions at the end as well. So add those to the chat or the, the ask a question area in the in the interface here. All right. Number two. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so I, it's funny. Sorry. I'm, I'm going off topic already, but I just said that came to mind. I'm like, Oh, you know what we don't mention here. Um, but we'll come to that later. Uh, we is, can add it. We can add as many yeah, as you yeah. want. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think we should, but I think it's interesting that it's omitted. Um, but number two, we talked about making sure that you are, getting practical experience and um to sort of elaborate on that making i call it strategic experience mm. so right now uh, whether you're employed or not there are plenty of uh position descriptions out there on the interwebs that you could google and find right now for the type of job that you wish you had so whether you're employed or not there's a job that you're like I would really love to be an assistant director of something, or I would really love to be the marketing coordinator of something or et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, right now, I think your, your goal here should be making sure that you're very familiar with what are the responsibilities and skills um, and knowledge that is required for those types of roles. And, and then setting your goal around making sure that you're getting related experience to those types of skills and, and knowledge. So, you know, if uh, you really want to work in marketing, but you've never really done that yet. Um, and people talk about like, oh, you need to understand like digital strategy using social media. Well, what do you need to be doing to make sure you're getting experience in digital strategy and social media? Do you volunteer to do that somewhere? Do you take on that responsibility for, if you're already in an organization? Do you um, take on a project internally um, that you could support the existing marketing team? Can you sort of, sort of raise your hand saying, I will help? Um, very rarely are people going to be like, oh, no, I don't want your help. <laughs> uh, so um, making sure that you're figuring out what is the type of role that I want? What are the skills and knowledge that is necessary for me to get that job? And then your goal is to say, okay, I want to make sure I have two to three projects on my resume that relate to, to that type of role. Sam, what do what's on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is one of my big um, things is, is how do you get that practical experience? Um, uh, and I, what I think is important about 
sorry, I'm having a lot of thoughts. Yeah. One is, I think I'll get there. One is in goal setting. I think um, it's important. It can be overwhelming when you're looking at, oh, I want to have this job, but I'm not there yet. And I find, maybe I'll talk about what I do. In my brain, I can get quickly overwhelmed and feel like I don't have time for this. It seems like a lot of work. But mm -hmm. my recommendation when you're looking at goal setting and then looking at this idea of how to get strategic experience is to actually take a deep breath and have fun in the exploration. So what that means is literally what Brooke just said, go out and look at those jobs and get a think, pay attention, do your internet's research <laughs> and get excited about some stuff you see on a job and then notice the stuff that you're not excited about and, and lean into both of those things. One, it's, it's important just to, to be reflective of your own, um, I guess, um, responses to those and what that means for your mm -hmm. career, but especially the stuff that's exciting to you that you like about those aspirational job sort of experiences, um, then explore that and have fun with it. Um, and I think that's what's important about setting smart goals uh, or being systematic about it is that fine, you find you have a, you know, maybe this idea this year for you of finding strategic experience is also just pinpointing, well, where do I want to be? And then mm -hmm. start breaking down, you know, how you want to get there. Mm -hmm. I do think what is tricky about our field, like many fields, is oftentimes you need to have experience to get the experience. So you're caught in this catch-22. Um, and so um, a lot of stuff that we talk about as part of GPI, um, especially with our internship cohort that we have, is um, how can you pitch yourself for certain types of work? Um, and how can you offer up sort of volunteer yourself for different projects, like Brooke said, if you're in a job um, or if you're job hunting, how can you do things that um, will give you that experience um, in order to get to that job interview or to get past that point? Um, and that could be anything from, you know, again, leaning into the stuff on the internet that you get really excited about, writing a write-up on LinkedIn, writing something on Medium, um, uh, doing something that you can add to your portfolio um, in a, in a voluntary way. I didn't mm -hmm. say it that well, but does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So inside GPI, we call this your body of work and we have a sort of a grid system that we walk you through. Uh, we call it the three by three body of work. And by the end of GPI, you should have a plan in place or have actually filled in this like bingo card really <laughs> um, of making sure to like, okay, have I demonstrated all these things and what is, what is the actual thing I can point to, to say, okay, I have the knowledge, I have the skill and I have experience with this particular element of what I need to do and the type of role I want. So for instance, marketing, it might be like, Hey, I've, I can demonstrate these knowledge, skills, and experience in these, these different ways. And so we, once you fill that in, you're like, Oh wow, my, my resume, it's popping. I'm, I'm filling all the blanks. You know, it's, you're making your resume so irresistible. Cause it's like, people will read it and be like, Oh my gosh, you are the dream come true candidate because you actually have the knowledge, skills and experiences that, that they're looking for. That's on you to go acquire those things. You don't have to wait yeah. for permission from anybody else to say like, Oh, I deem you, um, <laughs> the fairy international ed fairy is like, you are now deemed qualified to do some of this work. A lot of it, you don't have to have somebody else's permission. You don't have to be in a role. You don't have to have a formal kind of uh, experience. Um, although that is that is great if you can get it and, and, and you have that. Um, a lot of it you can sort of take on the reins yourself. So in terms of coming back to, you know, the brass tacks here of like actual action and when it comes to getting strategic experience, I would, this is kind of more of a, 
I would skate like maybe a progress goal, maybe a habit goal, but it's, it's one of those things where, um, the goal is to get more experience, right? Like that, that's a broader thing in a specific area of, um, the desired career that you have. So I'm just going to go back to the marketing example, because I think examples are helpful. Mm -hmm. So if you want to work in marketing or a specific area of marketing, um, and you need more experience in that, I, again, I, I would set the first sort of action within this goal is to look at X number of job descriptions around marketing, right? And then I would take out my highlighter because I'm all about the analog stuff, but whatever, I would take notes around like the different areas where you're like, I don't know how to do that. Or I don't have hardly an experience with it. Or I don't have much knowledge of, I don't even know what those words mean, whatever those things are, go and make sure that you're like, where are my holes? And then figuring out ways where you're like, okay, how can I go and get some experience and some knowledge around these things and then action that out. So you can, by the end of the year or whatever time frame you're putting this on, you can say, I know about social media marketing and I've run a social media marketing campaign and um, I've gotten these results from, from doing that campaign, right? So that's how I would break that down into a very tangible way for myself. Um, and we love calendars around here, put it on the calendar, yeah. mark that ish down, be like, okay, yeah. next Friday, I'm going to spend two hours looking at job um, position announcements and, and, and making a little document for myself of all the areas where I'm lacking. And, yeah. and then, you know, action that out on your calendar moving forward. And so by the end of the year, you can be like, look what I did, mom, I have all this great experience in this area that I, I was lacking before. All right, moving on number four, or sorry, number three <laughs> is, uh, um, basically up leveling and um, uh, your personal brand specifically on LinkedIn is sort of setting a, a goal for yourself that you're going to go through, set some time in your calendar, to actually update and pimp out your LinkedIn profile. Since Sam, you're the LinkedIn queen around here. I'm going to let yeah. you uh, elaborate on that one. Yeah. I feel like we don't use the term pimp out enough. And now I'm going <laughs> to do know that. It's that... probably not appropriate. You <laughs> yeah. guys have met me before. You know yeah. that I'm not always that appropriate. I no, but I, I, for some reason it's working for me today. Um, yeah, I think LinkedIn is an incredibly important tool. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of people understand that to be even more so in recent years than before. And I would say even more so going into 2021, um, there's studies that show, you know, all the stats on LinkedIn and what it can do for your career. Um, for example, um, I think 93% of recruiters if, if uh, you know, and recruiters are there are on LinkedIn and they're looking for you, but a lot of people find jobs and connections on LinkedIn. So it's really just um, a hyped up um, networking tool that I think is meaningful networking. Um, and so that's why I'm such a, a big supporter of LinkedIn for your career. Um, and it's really important for, for you to have a profile that works for you. So it's kind of like once you have it set up, it can work for you behind the scenes. Um, so you can set it and forget it in some ways, um, not on the engagement side. So what I mean by set it and forget it is um, LinkedIn, like anything, is a search engine. It has an algorithm. And so the more that you have filled out and the more keywords that you use that are relevant to you, the more likely people are to find you. So for example, if I'm looking to connect with colleagues in the field around a certain area and I search in LinkedIn, I wanna be able to find you. You know, What would people search, what search terms would people use to find you? 
And so that is what I recommend um, sort of as a taster for LinkedIn is you really want to make sure that your profile is representative of you and is using the right terms and terminology that is reflective of who you are as a professional and your USP, you know, your unique selling points. What would people be searching for um, if they were searching for you on, on, on LinkedIn and the internet? Because yeah. LinkedIn actually comes up a lot on Google. So if they're searching for um, yeah. you know, a certain term, then you're going to come up that way. Um, and I yeah, go ahead. I think related to that too, when you talk about the, the key terms is not just focusing on what is it exists in your, in your current docket of experience and knowledge and spheres also talk, like make sure you're including, um, you know, especially in that section where you can, you know, tell people your story and who you are, that summary section, make sure you're using terminology that you want to be known for you want right. to be associated with. So for instance, if you've been doing, again, back to my bad example, but um, if you've been doing international student services for a long time, for instance, and that your, your LinkedIn profile is like stacked with international student services, mm -hmm. that's great. And you will be put into that arena and people will be like, okay, this is great. But let's say you're like, you know, I really like marketing. I'd love to be out on the road. You know, once we're back on the road, uh, I'd love to be a road warrior or something like that. But your, your LinkedIn now is not really associated with that. I would make sure that I'm still talking about, you know, my aspirations is to be doing marketing and and reaching more students and recruitment and getting more students participating in meaningful international experiences right and so it's not just about what you have it's also where you want to be and yep. and obviously you're not going to be like i'm a marketing guru if you're you don't have the experience yet to back it up but you can also talk about um this is where you want your career to go this is what you're interested in etc i think there's a nice play there you can do to make sure that you're pushing your brand in the direction you want it to go um and I, I can give more examples about your branding and how you can build out a brand about what you want to be known for. Um, and maybe we'll do a whole other uh, episode about branding itself. But I think it's not just about what who you are now. It's also about who you want, how you want to be known. And you're, it needs to do the LinkedIn profile needs to do work for both of those things. Yeah, that's right. And I think you know, it, it's really important to realize that people as humans, we now think in keyword terms and keyword searches. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know that you people don't want to say that, but it's actually really true. Um, and so LinkedIn, very similar to a resume or CV, someone's going to look at it for about six seconds. So it's really important that when they're looking at you on LinkedIn, because maybe they're interested in doing, um, maybe collaborating with you, maybe they're hiring, maybe they're just looking for someone to, to be mentored by, et cetera, mm -hmm. that they can quickly look and understand who you are, how you add value, and how you're going to help them do something, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so another example, um, because I do think examples are important, you know, if you are in international students and scholars services or in education abroad, and you're a program assistant or a program coordinator, the worst thing that you can do is just put that what you should do is then specify again keywords that you work primarily with students from china or um you know on exchange programs within europe or use more specific terms to help people pinpoint again that space that you occupy and then also use specific terms so people can quickly understand again how who you are and how you add value what it is that you do and how you're adding value to the world and, and the field mm -hmm. um and LinkedIn 
it is sort of your resume that never sleeps. So it's a, it's a really good place to start if you can't face updating your resume constantly. Like it's really hard. Like I, I, I find that really hard too. But LinkedIn is a really great way to make sure you have all the details there. Um, and it's reflective. It's sort of in a public sphere of who you are professionally. I know that I am guilty of just not paying attention to my LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> and I think as, as you further you go in your career, um, uh, you know, you, you can sometimes yeah. let those things slide. But I think if um, the last year has taught all of us anything is that nothing is certain, nothing is guaranteed. And that we all need to be prepared and agile enough to shift with how the world is is shifting around us. And right. so if you need to be prepared because you were furloughed or laid off by an unexpected, you know, global crisis, you need to be prepared and not frazzled because you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't applied for a job in 10 years. And I have, you know, never looked at my LinkedIn. Now, you know, is a great time to sort of think like, okay, I want to be, I want to future proof myself here and That's make sure right. that I'm prepared and agile enough to, um, to, to respond as, as times change around me. Um, and you'll be so far ahead of a lot of your peers who aren't going to take the time to go and, um, jazz. I'm going to say jazz up their, <laughs> their LinkedIn go. profile. Um, and, and the other thing I'll say when it comes to like jazzing it up, right. You can go through the standardized, like the names and details of what you've done in that role and using the long tail in the search engine optimization world, just a little fun tip for y'all. We call these long tail key terms. Mm -hmm. And so key term like in education abroad would be, if you're going to Google, be like study abroad or maybe even study abroad in Spain. Those are so those keywords are very competitive. It's going to be very hard to find the information you actually need based on that sort of limited amount of data you're giving the search engine. Same thing with LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So, but if you do study abroad in, in, in Sevilla, Spain, summer 2022, you're going to get some results that are right on point both looking for. So same thing. If somebody's looking on LinkedIn for somebody with experience in, um, curriculum design for Middle Eastern programs, right? Or something like that. If you've done that kind of work, then you you wouldn't want to make sure that's in your um, description of that role because that's kind of the long tail key term that's going to give make you the dream come true result that they're looking for. So a little fun SEO free tip for y'all right there. Um, okay, and I'll just so say one more thing on LinkedIn, but really quickly is it's going to come up in different goals that we're about to set for you. So we're literally going to go into one of them. Yeah. Um, actually it the should next have been year. number one, actually. Like, let's start with your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, Make sure okay. it's nice and jazzed up um, because it does feed into a lot of these other things. It really does. Um, so for instance, if, even if you were um, doing informational interviews to help you kind of maybe find a mentor, um, having your LinkedIn profile kind of well built out um, is going to give them an indication of like, okay, can't, is there something I have to offer you? Can I actually be a good mentor or coach to you in the future? Um, if you give them a lot of data that they can, they can pull from based on your LinkedIn profile. Um, so number four, um, I call it lovingly, you need to geek out, <laughs> especially, um, because our field is still in that murky, uh, purgatory, no man's land kind of thing where there are some students going abroad, but kind of not really. It all seems very like hush hush almost at, the, at this point. Uh, I know it's not, but it's just like, oh, what's going on? And we're moving to all these remote and virtual programs. Um, but I think this is the time now more than ever to prioritize making sure you are um, 
cultivating your not, not only your knowledge of the field, but maybe even your thought leadership of our field. So if you've just always like had, I don't know, I'm still analog. I'm so analog, but I remember like my office, it, you know, when I was at University of South Dakota still, I had, I got the, I think it's like every year or maybe every quarter, there was the Journal of International Ed or whatever. I think the Frontiers Journal or whatever that one was called. Is anybody, anybody, do you know what I'm talking about? The Frontiers Journal? I think it's published uh, by Forum. Absolutely. And oh, okay. you can still um, Google that online. And they, I think they were hiring recently actually for an editor. Oh, so Frontiers awesome. is oh. still, this was a yeah. few months ago, but yeah, Frontiers. Okay. Absolutely. So I used to have the physical yeah. copies like stacked on the Same. little table. I remember like you can see right now behind my desk and it was always like, oh, I want to read that. Or, you know, I, I want to look at that research article. You know, it was always one of those things are like, I'll get to it, but there was never the time. There was never any of the things. And so I feel like now, not to say that we're all just like, bursting with all this free time. I know that's not necessarily the case because, you know, that's just not reality for a lot of people. But I think like now, because there aren't as many students going abroad, if you're currently working, especially, um, there aren't as many students that you're managing likely. And so there's just like less pulling on you. There might be new things pulling on you as well, but there just might be less little emails you're getting about little micro issues happening with student experiences. And so I would just, like we, we talked about before with, um, you know, setting some time on your calendar, this would be a great goal to just sort of um, maybe a systems goal be like, okay, every two weeks, I'm going to block off, you know, an hour on my calendar. And I'm actually going to read one of those articles in yeah. that frontier shirt all that's sitting behind my desk or whatever online, whatever it is, or just even read some um, op-eds or read the the global section yeah. of the um, Chronicle of Higher Education or Times Higher, um, or whatever, you know, kind of documentation you want you want to pull on from but making sure that you are prioritizing geeking out on what it is we do in our field that you are um aware and well educated about the the new issues and and research that's coming out from what we do and frankly i i need to be better about this as well it's actually a thing that i've put on my calendar of like every i'm going to review the literature if you will mm. um just to make sure i'm still aware and, and relevant about what's <laughs> going on in our field um, and i think now more than ever now that most of us are working from home or very siloed in a lot of ways um and i've been doing this for a long time doing this whole remote work thing it can be very you can just get in your little silo and get in your own lane, which is great for focus, but also if you're like unaware of like issues and conversations happening um, in our field, then um, it's going to be harder for you to impress people. You know, I mean, I'd say that kind of jokingly, but um, also seriously, you know, if you just aren't aware, if you don't have um, some information to share and convey and 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 talk intelligently about what's going on um, currently or, or the research happening in our field, people will notice, you know, they'll be like, oh, you don't really seem to really truly be invested in the work that we do if you're if you're completely unaware of, of what's going on. So geek out, you'll impress some people when you can start throwing out some stats and be like, did you read that recent article uh, published in Frontiers? <laughs> I know, but I know I mean, it sounds funny, but it's like that it, stuff impresses people when you it can does. pull it out. And honestly, it's, it's, that feels overwhelming. This is why I love LinkedIn. I, I love a good, because I follow strategically people on LinkedIn and, and organizations and topics around certain pieces, right? International internships is something I try and stay updated on, you know, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. These are things that I'm following. And so I'm up to date on from LinkedIn, 
because LinkedIn is all around the professional, um, what's happening specifically. Um, so that's my another little plug for LinkedIn, but it's easy scroll. That's that's how I'm staying um, up to date is I scroll in the morning a little bit um, mm -hmm. before I get on non-scrolling the computer one. <laughs> So some tactical things that I think can help you, because I know that like you can go, I mean, scrolling for me can very quickly devolve into doom scrolling. Okay. <laughs> so whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, all the places I can just be like, and now I'm in a bad place. So, <laughs> and, and not even just like a bad place, like, oh, the world is making me feel bad, but it's also just like, oh my God, there's so much I need to be on top of. I, I need to read this article. I need to, uh, what, you know, that somebody shares something and I just read the headline. I'd love to dive deeper into that thing. Um, a couple of tools that I've used, you know, over the past several years that are, are really helpful or systems I've used is one. So if you find something online, whether it's a LinkedIn post or Facebook post, an article, whatever, um, there's a great tool and there's a Chrome extension for it. If you use the Chrome browser, it might also be on Safari. Um, RIP Explorer. I don't think that exists anymore. Mm. Um, but um, uh, but you can. Um, it's called Pocket, and basically Ooh. you can just like click a button, and it'll add it to your pocket. It's kind of like a feed reader, in if you will. But it also makes it so that you can access the content offline when you're not on Wi-Fi or on data. Um, that used to be really important, but now we're all like unlimited data. I don't know. I sound really old right now, but I'm like, that used to be a thing. Uh, so um, so Pocket is a really great tool. I love it. I use it on Chrome all the time. So that's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm not going to overwhelm myself with all the stuff I am clearly not aware of, but I am interested. And in my, you know, 90 minutes I've allocated next Friday to actually read through some things and spend some time with it, I can go to my pocket and kind of deep dive on some of those things. And then you also don't have to worry about forgetting, you know, all social media that. platforms have various levels of like, you can save okay. things that like you can do on Facebook and Instagram. I'm guessing you can do that on LinkedIn. Can you save a post? You to like hundred percent. I do it all the time. Okay. You don't even need this other tool, but I like it because you can put everything in sort of one. One. I like one that. Thing. I'm tempted, then, <laughs> Go, go get that pocket. P-O-C-K-E-T. It's yeah. great. Um, and then the other sort of system thing that I've done in the path, and Sam and I were actually talking about this yesterday, is that I, you know, I'm on all sorts of newsletters and, you know, organizational um, uh, subscriptions, if you will. And so they all come to my inbox. And so instead of like being overwhelmed with like, oh, I really want to read like what's up with diversity abroad, you know, this week, I just got their thing, I think this morning. And I was just like, oh, but I, this is not mission critical right now. But I have a whole folder that says read later. So on those times when I'm like, okay, I'm going to just like, turn off all the other distractions and I deep dive and geek out right now, I can go to that folder and just sort of cherry pick, you know, some newsletters and some articles that are been linked and shared and I can go, okay, I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm staying up on what's going on. So those are the two sort of hacks that I've used to not get overwhelmed by the sheer volume of content you can try to stay up with, um, put it in container, set a timer, and then make sure you're you're sort of filing away that content so you can come back to it later. And then it's out of your head, out of your mind. You can come back to it when you're ready. And the rest of the time you can be focused on the mission critical work at hand. Anything else? I love that. I have a Google, I have Google alerts that come in once a week with articles and certain oh, yeah. that's how I can't remember how I set that up. This is me showing my age. I Just Google, Google alerts and it'll walk Google you through alerts. the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> That one. I have that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's also great. Like a little hack too, to do for like brand names, your own name. So you can, you know, if you, I mean, 
if you're worried about like the paparazzi posting something about you or something, but you can like, seriously, you can, um, uh, set up a Google alert. So that like anytime your name and, uh, the term like study abroad, I guess is mentioned, it would come up. So, um, I used to do that a long time ago when I was. I do more like careers and employability and Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a hack if you're like, oh, what are they I saying like about me online? Yeah. Um, uh, okay, and then so our last tip in terms of goal setting, another goal um, that, and ju I just we're going to recap all these at the end as well. But the last goal is all about networking and engaging with the community, uh, the international education. Professional community. Now, obviously, that's really big. Right? <laughs> We're going to make it actionable for you for sure. But um, I think why we have this on our list for 2021 is that, um, you know, I think 2020 was spent sort of going, okay, like this is the new way we function, us getting used to this idea of being very remote and physically distanced from each other all the time and no opportunities to connect in person, no opportunities for these things anymore um, to see, you know, sit in front of someone literally and share a cup of coffee, share a cup of coffee. We can't do that either, but like, I don't think we did, but have a cup of coffee together. Um, those things are just like, they're gone for the time being. Um, and so uh, but that doesn't mean that engaging in meaningful conversations and interactions is any less important. Now we just have to be much more um, deliberate and intentional about how and where and when we're, we're going about having that, making that engagement possible. Because your network is so important in international education. I can't stress that enough. Your network is so important. It's not completely who you know in terms of growing your career but it, it who you know will absolutely help in every single way and so you don't want to miss out on opportunities to get to know more people and actually uh, engage in meaningful you know uh, interactions and debate and conversation um, with the people in our field so that's why this is on there for us and I think we all have to get used to this sort of new normal of engagement and um, making it part of our our, ex, you know, our, our professional experience, probably forever, you know, moving forward, even once the in-person stuff does return, I think this online engagement is still, is going to be even more vital because I think now our field is actually aware about how much we can accomplish digitally and we can accomplish on a remote basis. And so I think you're going to see a lot of organizations continue on with a digital element um, of their conferences or summits or all the different things that they've been hosting. I think you're going to see that continue. And so it's not like, oh, you just got to learn how to do it right now. I think it's going to be important moving forward. So Sam, mm. what are your suggestions on how we can go about networking and engaging um, in 2021 online? Well, I mean, the good news about our community of international educators is that we do like a good networking um, event. So there are tons out there um, through lots of different organizations um, that are holding regular webinars, events, etc. And what I have found going to events specifically in the last year is that people are more sort of friendly and engaging on those events, you know, in the chat, saying hello, connecting, sharing ideas, which I think is really wonderful. Um, so I find that it's even more engaged. Um, I have found um, there's more communities prop, cropping up. Cropping is the word. <laughs> um, uh, for example, there's a um, All Things International Ed 
Slack community. I was just just I just discovered was tagged in a Discord. Discord is that the it's um it's a okay. I do know the answer to this, but Discord is a very similar um, software to Slack that allows people to have chats and channels and things like that. And I think is used highly in education and I think a lot with international students. So if anyone knows, feel free to share in the chat. Um, but there's another international ed related discord group that I was just invited to. I think they call it a server um, that um, started because they wanted to share what podcasts were going on. Um, and I have found some really nice friends in the last year in our community that I've never met before. And I, I haven't yet met in person um, just from engaging on the internet. Of course, I'm going to say LinkedIn, but I'm, you know, one of my favorite ways of engaging with other people is literally reading what they post on LinkedIn and making a comment and sharing that out um, mm -hmm. and just starting the conversation or amplifying their voice or sharing my own sort of thoughts on on what a post was. Um, and that could be in any of the, I think, the the platforms I just mentioned. It doesn't have to just be on LinkedIn. It can be in any of the communities. I was also, last thing I'll say, invited to a gather community, gather. Um, that's, oh my gosh, I know, all yeah. of them are dropping up now. All I'm the tech funding is going into all these new collaboration it's, apps. It is yeah. so true. Um, and so gather has been really interesting, just connecting with different people. So I think what I've learned you know, I've, our community has always been a, a networking community, even though I think you, people used to not say networking um, that much before. I do think that's changed, don't you, Brooke? I feel like when we first got in the field, it was like, well, oh, you can't say networking, but now people say it. Well, you could say networking. I mean, NAFSA, like the first night of NAFSA is you go to your knowledge community networking reception. Exactly. It was always called that. Um, yeah. I think that, I mean, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I kind of see it a different way. I think we are a very connected field like in terms of we it's we all want to know a lot of people yeah. and it's great to like learn about new people i think it but it can also be very like clickish and bubbleish at the same time yeah. and i, I don't know that we're unique in that way but i i mean i always i, I wrote a very like um controversial blog post several years ago talking about, uh, you know, my first NAFSA was horrible is the name of that article. If you want to go read it on Inside Study Abroad. But I just talked about how like, you know, I didn't find it to be this like kumbaya land where everybody's like bringing me in and ushering me in and want to, you know, help me in my career. I didn't, I didn't have that experience early on. I, I also know that too, I wasn't doing a lot of the things that we're talking about. Um, I wasn't trying to make meaningful connections. I probably was like, thinking that going to a regional NAFSA was just going to like solve all my, you know, career problem <laughs> or, you know, or career, you know, it was going to grant all my career wishes. Right. It was what I should say. And, and so I had, I had to manage my own expectations with this. Right. And so a spoiler alert, it wasn't NAFSA's fault. It was bad. It was my expectations about what it was. And I didn't know how to network. I didn't know how to leverage that experience for my career in a meaningful way. Um, and that's the kind of stuff we talk about in GI is that there's no silver bullet. There's no master's degree that's going to land you the perfect job. There's no perfect conference attendance that's going to change and overhaul everything. There's no, there's no one thing that's going to revolutionize your professional experience in our field. It's a culmination of all the tiny little things that you do over, you know, the course of a career that actually move, move the needle. And so I think, you know, trying to kind of close this out and round mm -hmm. this out, coming back to this networking and engaging, you know, 
um, all, all of these goals that we talked about, you know, finding a mentor and a coach, gaining practical experience, um, you know, jazzing up your LinkedIn profile, geeking out on international ed and then this networking and engagement. Um, and I think for me, I want to really emphasize that engagement piece is that these are all little micro moves that you're making in your career. And not one of them is going to be like, poof, and I got my dream job and I make a million dollars a year and you know, whatever, like whatever kind of fairy wishes you, you could have around this. But I, I will say that they will culminate. It's like that snowball effect that just like, I'd call it throwing boomerangs. All of these actions is like a little boomerang you're throwing out into the universe and some of them are going to come back to you and it's going to be great. Some of them are not. And that's fine too, but you're out there doing it and putting your name forward in, in our community and getting, and getting recognized. Um, what I will say lastly about the engagement piece is that when it comes to networking, right? So liking somebody's post on LinkedIn, right? And that kind of reaction, or even a post that's like, cool, you know, like writing a comment that's like, great, great job or congrats. That's lovely. That's nice. But that's not meaningful engagement. If you truly want to up-level career and make meaningful connections with other human beings in our community, that's not how you engage. That's not how you would walk into a networking reception at NASA and walk up to someone and be like, (laughs) tap them on the head and be like, like, you know, and then run away. You would just never do that. You'd be like, hi, how are you? And engage with them. And, you know, in the conversation, there'd be a, a dialogue. And so when you're engaging in an online context, it's not about volume of engagement. It's about that quality engagement. So quality over quantity. I'm sure this is true in almost every area of life. And, and so I would rather you write three thoughtful comments on various LinkedIn posts, you know, each week, then going through and just like carpet liking everybody's posts and being like, I'm engaged because that's just not, it's, it's, it's very, that's like a numerical goal. That's not really going to move the needle for you. I'd rather you have a numerical goal. That's like three thoughtful comments and discussions in this Slack channel for the international ed, all things international ed, or this, uh, sorry, discord group. If we all go Google it and find it, we'll find links and put everything in the show notes. Um, if you guys want to go try to join some of these groups, um, we also have one for inter, inter, international ed on Facebook that we host. It's called the International Education Connection. There's a Facebook group. All are welcome. So lots of different places you could be either starting or contributing to conversations. And I just really want to emphasize the quality of that engagement is going to outshine the quantity of that engagement any day of the week. It's more likely if you write something thoughtful, a few sentences, it's like, hey, and or even a follow-up question, um, that's more likely the person that you're engaging with is going to be like, hey, want to jump on a Zoom call? Or hey, like start a private chat with you and you guys engage even deeper. That's where things start, the magic really starts to happen. So make sure that you're focused on the quality of all of these goals versus the quantity. Sam? Yeah, I honestly, I can't agree more. And I think, you know, my love of LinkedIn can sometimes overshadow, but it sort of all my other thoughts, but I think quantity and everything you do, uh, sorry, quality and everything you do is really important. And one of my big things with these goals, you know, when, when you're hearing other people, you know, set goals or we're suggesting these goals, these, these should be personal to you. Um, and so it, it should be something that speaks to you in some way. 
in all of these different areas that we gave you. So mentorship, practical experience, sort of your personal brand on LinkedIn, geeking out and engaging with the community. Find how that's meaningful for you or else it's really not gonna be a goal that you're gonna wanna stick with. Um, and so that's the that's the process of, of actually sitting with it and, and looking at what that could look like for you that's meaningful for you. Um, it shouldn't be a numbers game for all of these. And, and that engagement piece is, I think, the most important one. Um, it can be maybe in other ways of, of carving out time each week to make sure that you're you know, staying up to date, um, but you don't wanna geek out for the sake of it just to read things, you know, it, why? Where do you wanna be? How is it helping you, right? Yeah. You know, did you learn something new that you didn't know before that is actually helping you and, and your career? Yeah, I love that. Um, so once again, just to recap, um, we have one, get a mentor and coach or coach Two, gain practical experience. And we outlined exactly how we would break that down. Um, make sure that you go jazz up and update your LinkedIn profile. Make sure it's on brand for both what you've accomplished and also what you hope to um, achieve and accomplish in your career. You need to geek out a little bit. Make sure you're staying up to date and knowledgeable about what's going on in our field. And then finally, make sure that you're networking and meaningfully engaging with the community and the various digital platforms that are available to us now. Um, get in there and go say hello and start some great conversations. Um, that's all we have for y'all today. The only other things I want to end with are some announcements. So for those of you who listen are listening to the podcast, it, if you're listening to this uh, in early January, uh, we are opening the enrollment for the Global Pro Institute and internship program at the end of the month. And just FYI, if you're on our early bird list, there's a discount that you get, but only for a week. So make sure you get on our um, our wait list. So go to insidestudyabroad.com slash GPI. Make sure your email is on that list so you will get first access when we open the enrollment and get access to our early VIP discount. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, doing internship placements throughout the late February um, and then internships starting, is that right? Starting late yeah. February, March? March, yeah. yeah. Target date March, yes. So for those of you who are really jonesing to gain some really practical experience in international ed, this could be a really great opportunity for you to get that goal ticked off uh, by uh, by the first quarter of the year. So um, if you're interested in that, just go to insightstudyabroad.com slash GPI. We're also rolling out our first installment of the Global Pro Labs series, which is our series of trainings for functional areas within the field. Our first one is my bread and butter, marketing lab and we'll be rolling that out later in February so make sure you're on um, the wait list for that and yeah that's all we have for you today thank you all for who showed up live to to listen and thank and you. to watch and we'll be uploading this to the podcast and to our YouTube channel make sure you go to insidestudyabroad.com slash YouTube to subscribe to our and smash that like button smash that subscribe button whatever the kids <laughs> say today um, and we'll be posting all of this content there plus um, even more uh, content that's not um, uh, hosted in sort of this this format we'll be launching some new content on uh, video format there as well and my final announcement is for um, letting you all know to be watching your various social media feeds and your email because we are going to be hiring some interns and recruiting some interns for Inside Study Abroad. We're actually offering it up to our GPI alumni first, um, and then we'll open it up to um, 
people throughout the field. So watch your space for this. Any other thoughts, Sam? Anything you want to say? Closing remarks? No, thanks for coming. Um, two pieces of advice for goals. Find an accountability partner. Go and talk to someone about your goals and don't be afraid to revise them. It's okay. It's okay to oh, monitor gosh. and revise as you go. I always yeah. get stuck on that. I feel like, oh, I've yeah. immediately failed. And actually I could just revise my goal. Yeah. And <laughs> if you guys are, you know, curious humans and want to um, creep me a little bit. I just posted on my personal YouTube channel all about my 2021 goals, which include personal and business goals for 2021. So if you want to go creep what I'm up to uh, for 2021, I'd love to see your thoughts on that later. So until next time, we'll be back. Um, we'll be announcing it on our newsletter the next time we're going to be hosting one of these. So make sure you watch that space until next time. Remember that every day you postpone a dream, you weaken it a little. So get out there and make some magic happen. Bye. Bye everyone.